Hi, Tim Roy. We continue to mock the 2013 NBA draft here at Warriors.com, and it's getting exciting now. We're getting to the middle of the lottery, and so far, uh, most of the names we expected to be off the board are off the board. We'll start right at the top where the Cleveland Cavaliers, having won the lottery, uh, took their lens Noel of Kentucky, the seven-footer who weighs only 206 pounds. The Orlando Magic went for a shooting guard, Ben McLemore, out of Kansas with the second pick. At picking third, the Washington Wizards went local. Otto Porter of Georgetown is their selection. The six-foot-nine forward, only 19 years of age. 20-year-old Anthony Bennett, a power forward, and I mean powerful, out of UNLV. He goes with pick number four to Charlotte. Victor Oladipo, the shooting guard from Indiana, six foot four, two 213 pounds. He's going to the Valley of the Sun to play for the Phoenix Suns. And the New Orleans Pelicans, with their first pick as the Pelicans, took Alex Len, the seven-footer from Maryland, who came from overseas. And that put the Sacramento Kings on the clock with number seven. And Trey Burke was their selection, the outstanding guard from Michigan. That brings us to the number eight pick. The Detroit Pistons are on the clock. And from Pistons.com, Keith Langlois joins us once again. 29 and 53 were the Pistons a year ago going through a coaching change. Mo Cheeks is now the new head coach for the Pistons. But, uh, Keith, as opposed to years gone by, uh, Mo Cheeks comes in and he knows he has uh, two or three young pieces that could be Pistons for a long time. Well, that's right. You know, this is the, the Pistons' fourth visit to the lottery, and they have reasonable expectations that it'll be their last for a while. And that's for two reasons primarily. You know, they have, they'll have considerable cap space this offseason, and they hope to bring in some veteran help. But the biggest reason is the foundation they've laid with the, you know, the previous three lotteries when they got Greg Monroe, Brandon Knight, and Andre Drummond and, and got them all kind of unexpectedly. They didn't, uh, you know, those guys were, were not expected to be on the board at the places the Pistons were picking, which is 7th, 8th, and ninth the last three years. So, you know, and this draft is even, uh, is, is by all accounts, far more volatile. Uh, the, the seven guys you guys have going off your board are, do they do represent the consensus seven guys that, that should be gone by the time the Pistons pick. But I am, uh, I wouldn't bet a dollar that, that all seven of those guys will be gone by the time the Pistons get on the board. That's a good point. You know, it, it's interesting because uh, there's a couple of guys down there. Michael Carter-Williams, I think, could very easily move up. Cody Zeller could move up a, a couple of slots there. So I think you've got a very good point. Uh, veterans, uh, unrestricted free agents include Will Bynum, uh, Calderon McGetty, Maxiel Villanueva. Of that group, would Calderon and, and maybe Maxiel be guys they look to try to, to keep in the fold? Um, I'd be surprised, actually, if Maxiel was back, but simply because, uh, you know, they do have Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond, and those are their starters going forward. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's a decent chance that they'll, you know, find a, 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 a complimentary piece uh, either on the free agent market or the trade market this summer. I, I think it's probably, you know, that's at that point where Maxiel's going to be looking for, uh, you know, a, a more certain role than he than could be defined from here right now. I think, you know, Joe Dumars was very clear when 
he made the trade of uh, sending Tayshawn Prince to Memphis uh, in late January and bringing Calderon over in that three-team deal that sent Rudy Gay to the Raptors. That he wants, he you know, he said he tried to get Calderon a few times before. They almost had him on a draft night deal a couple of years ago with Toronto, and he said that they would they would be very interested in retaining him. There's no reason to think that's changed. Calderon's certainly going to have some options, but I think that he would be the most likely of their four. Free agents to uh, to return. Villanueva is actually not a free agent. He's got uh, he's got a, he, he he opted into the final year of his contract. So they've got four free agents. I would say Calderon's the most likely to come back. They may bring McGetty back as a you know just kind of a veteran on a veterans minimum deal as a as a role player mentor to some of the young kids. But I would think Max Seal's probably gone and Will Bynum. It's you know it's just really going to depend. Some of that's going to depend on what happens with Calderon. Some of it's going to depend on what happens in the draft. And some of it will depend on you know what what opportunities Bynum sees elsewhere. Uh, that's right, Val. The way we had the uh, player option, that was my mistake. And you, there, lots of cap room there, so they they could find some some pieces out there. The Warriors were were fortunate finding a couple of guys late, one by trade and one by signing last year. Jared, Jack, Carl Landry. So they can find some guys out there that could help fill out that roster. Well, yeah, and uh, you know the way the uh, the economics of the NBA have have been changed by the the new collective bargaining agreement. It, it gets you got to have a pretty strong-willed owner with a with a stomach for incurring some uh, some big losses if you're going to be paying luxury taxes over over years. And going into July 1st, there I think there's like seven teams that are that are looking at uh, being over the tax line. I know Joe Dumars last week when they uh, unveiled Mo Cheeks as the new coach talked about. Uh, uh, you know, phone calls have already started from teams that are willing to to trade to maybe alleviate some some tax concerns. Uh, you know, going forward. So, uh, you know, I, it's going to be interesting what happens on July first. You know, the way it, it has worked in the past traditionally is that the teams with the most cap space were first out of the gates. That you know, when the when the clock struck twelve oh one on July first. And they go after the best free agents, and I just don't know if it's going to be the case this year. You know, if you if you were to tell me that the Pistons were going to have a player making ten million or more on the roster next next season, I would my and you gave me a, an option of how that player arrived. I would say it'd be more likely to come in trade than than just a, an outright free agent signing. So it's kind of a brave new world, and we're just going to have to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a good point too because you're right. Because some teams will be looking to trade, not necessarily to get something, but more to get rid of something, to avoid the uh, more uh, tough luxury tax penalties uh, that are now a part of the CBA. I, Tim Roy, the Detroit Pistons are on the clock. Keith Langlois with us from Pistons.com. So if the uh, draft unfolded the way it did uh, in our mock draft, and you're at pick number eight, and you're Joe Dumars, who will Joe look at? To help the Pistons get back to the playoffs. Wow, <laughs> um, I'm st- I'm still going to say that one of those seven guys falls to them, and uh, right. and I wouldn't even guarantee that they would take that one of those seven. But I think they're going to be looking most closely at a group of five players, and they they span pretty much. You, you could you could pretty much put a starting five out for what they represent. I think they'll be looking at Mike, Michael Carter Williams, point guard from Syracuse, who offers you great size. C.J. McCollum, who some are comparing to a little bit of a cross between your Steph Curry, obviously not as dynamic as a shooter, but but as a pure scorer type. Uh, also a little bit like Damian Lillard from last year's draft as a small college guy who, you know, was just a, a great scorer and uh, and projects to be a scorer in the NBA. I think Cody Zeller from Indiana is going to be in the mix. Uh, I think 
based on the way their 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 roster shapes up, their their greatest needs are you know a, a, a scorer on the wings, either at small forward or shooting guard, and the, the next two guys that fit that description in this draft are Shabazz Muhammad and and Contavious Caldwell Pope. I, I I'm really I'm just going to flip a coin here, and I'm going to say C.J. McCollum would be the guy. C.J. McCollum, who comes from Lehigh, one of a number of guys who are from small colleges who should be drafted in the NBA. He also brings, uh, Keith, a little bit of uh, experience, too. He's 21 years of age, and as Damian Lillard showed last year, sometimes that could be a big benefit. They seem to have their head on a little bit straighter, and, and they've been through a little bit more. Well, absolutely, and, you know, I, I'm – just because he spent four years in college doesn't necessarily mean that, but I, I spent some time talking to CJ and at the uh, draft combine in Chicago last month, and he is an extremely well-spoken kid, a journalism major, by the way. So I gave him, I gave him major props for that. But uh, <laughs> he, he does have his head screwed on straight. Um, you know, he wasn't a, a big-time recruit coming out of high school. He had a growth spurt uh, before his senior year of high school kind of put him on the radar. He committed to Lehigh. Lehigh was very, you know, there was a lot of trepidation around Lehigh's basketball offices that as he grew and, and had a great senior year, I believe he was the Ohio Player of the Year over Jared Sullinger as a senior, uh, that, you know, Lehigh was afraid that uh, a bigger school would come and, and kind of steal him away, but he stuck with his commitment to Lehigh. And as soon as he got there, it was clear he was Lehigh's best player. And, of course, he had that phenomenal game as a junior uh, in the first round, when Lehigh stunned, I think they were a 15 seed, stunned Duke, upset them in the in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Toyed with the idea of coming out last year, and you know, by all accounts, he was projected as a as a, as a probably a, a late first rounder, somewhere 20 to 30 last year. Decided to go back to Lehigh, broke his foot, only played I think 12 games, but was off to a great start, and uh, he's, he's full speed ahead now in, in workouts. And matter of fact, uh, it was t- tweeted last night. Uh, that he's going to be working out with Michael Carter-Williams in Detroit. So the Pistons have not conducted them. I don't think they actually had any workouts yet for the for their pick at number eight. So that's why I'm, I'm really flipping a coin here. But uh, I think, you know, the one thing the Pistons really need is a score. They, they've got Monroe and Drummond up front. If they had a guy in the perimeter that Mo Cheeks could say, that's a guy that's going to get me 18 every night, that would go a long, long way now. You know, it's, that's a lot to ask for a rookie. The better chance of that happening is, is, is again, through the cap space they have. But if they could, uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a couple of scores. And uh, above all, C.J. McCollum, you know, represents a, a scoring threat. No doubt about that. And for those who are checking back, maybe at a different date, we're taping this on the 19th. So we're about a week and a, and a day out from the draft. C.J. McCollum, by the way, put up some incredible numbers. He was third in overall usage at 20.8 possessions per game, first in scoring efficiency, scoring over 1.1 points per uh, possession, which is really, really good, and a very good shooter as well. So C.J. McCollum from Lehigh going to the Detroit Pistons with a number eight selection. Keith Langlois of Pistons.com, always a pleasure to uh, chat with you around draft time, and hopefully I'll bump into you at the Palace next year. All right, thank you, Tim. Our thanks to Keith Langlois of Pistons.com for helping us out with the draft. You can follow him on Twitter, at Keith underscore Langlois, which is L-A-N-G-L-O-I-S. That's at Keith underscore Langlois, L-A-N-G, 
L-O-I-S. So we are through eight picks of our 2013 NBA mock draft. So come back to Warriors.com as I'll continue to mock the 2013 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock, and they, like uh, some of the other teams we've been talking with, have a new front office and a new vision for their team. We'll find out what that's all about as we continue on Warriors.com.